Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning and welcome to episode 59 of the Jaguar Report podcast. My name is Gus Logue, joined by my co-host John Shipley. Woo! John. 59. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, man. That, that to me was the most entertaining, like just from a football fan's perspective, Jags game since like their crazy run last year. You know, yeah. like that, that just like... Yeah, I'll 25-20 win over the Bills in London, improved to three and two. They go two and zero in London, which I mean, just to start off, guys. Like, I, I, I think that's insane. Like, I, I know there are a lot of sour grapes with like even some national media and obviously you know Bills mafia, etc. About the Jaguars having the advantage of being there for two weeks, but I'm also on the other hand, I'm like, dude, <laughs> going two and zero in London's insane. Like, like you should not have your entire process and everything thrown out of whack for two weeks in the middle of the season and be expected to go two and zero. So, I mean, that to me, like it's easily the most productive and best London trip they've ever had since they started doing this thing, whatever the hell it is. It's funny. Trevor's had like three crazy London trips in his three years. Cause he got his first career win in the London game in his rookie year against the dolphins. And then last year was like he had like the worst game of his career in London against the Broncos, or at least like it was a pivotal point in last season. And then going two and zero this year is just so huge that I saw like a bunch of like post locker room videos and stuff like that on the Jaguars YouTube, and they were all saying like that was our goal two and zero in London, and then get go back home. Uh, so super impressive, like. The whole thing about like them having a rest advantage is like something that's worth being said because it is an advantage. But like, like we don't really have to like harp on it, like more than that. Like, there's plenty of rest advantages and disadvantages that happen every week in the NFL. So like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of other different reasons that the Bills lost. Yeah, and this won't help the Bills sleep, obviously, but. Like, for as much as maybe an advantage that the Jaguars got, they're at a disadvantage, you know, now this week going back to the States and having everything yeah. thrown out of whack again. But, you know, I mean, you look at the game and, like, how it went and, like, just starting off with the Jaguars' offense, like, it really should have been more than, you know, 25 points. And that's that's what I think has to make you feel optimistic about the offense is that it was by far and even by the numbers. I mean, you tweeted yesterday how it was his best Lawrence's best game by you know EPA. I mean, by the numbers, it was by far the Jaguars' best game offensively. You know, EPA per play, success rate, EPA per drop back, all that. And it was still like several plays left on the field. You know, like Anton Harrison, two penalties that negated like. 40 yards and two big first downs uh, mm-hmm. that near 31 yard to Evan Ingram, which not really a drop. It was more like a, a really good play by Dane Jackson. Maybe even like one of Lawrence's one like missed opportunities in the game. I, I wanted to ask you about it. Cause I was like, I would probably say it's like a slight under throw by Lawrence. And yeah. it's like, 
not necessarily anyone's fault, but I don't know. Kind of like Ty goes to the runner. Like, if you're not really sure, then just, like, the blame goes to the quarterback. So, Lawrence technically could have put it in, like, a slightly better spot. But, yeah. yeah. Which is, like, crazy looking at his numbers. That <laughs> He could have had, like, a 31-yard touchdown added on there. And then, right. obviously, the two fumbles in the red zone. Cam Robinson beat for one by A.J. Epinesa, which, you know, three and a half years later, my Epinesa draft takes are finally – Finally taking shape. Uh, I, 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 knew, I knew I'd get there eventually. I knew that. That's yeah, a monster game. Holy cow! Didn't he have like three tipped passes by himself? I think, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because like like the tipped pass kept happening, and I was like, like what is going on? It's just the fact that it was him every time was insane. And we'll, we'll get into this when we talk about the offensive line, and I want to talk about Cam's performance specifically. But that one sack he had. Like, Jaguars fans have no idea, like, maybe how lucky they are. Like, that was the Aaron Rodgers play, like, the one he got hurt on. You know, mm-hmm. like, left tackle cuts because, you know, if you ever see, the, like, offensive tackle cutting on a passing play, it's because he's not supposed to be <laughs> blocking for more than a second. Like, yeah. the ball's supposed to be out. And yeah. I, I, you know, Trevor, obviously, you know, first read wasn't there, held on the ball, probably did the opposite of what he's supposed to do, which is run towards the guy who had just gotten cut. And got sacked. I know a lot of people killed Cam for that, but that was one of those like super fluky plays. And I think that was the play that like it looked like his hip maybe got a little banged up on. They started like like oh, treating yeah. him. Yeah. So it, it it was an interesting play. But I thought overall, like, you know, all those missed opportunities, you know, the two fumbles, even you know, that stat that Trevor Lawrence was nine for ten on third and fourth down, his one incompletion was a dot to say Jones on the sidelines that he right. that he didn't bring in. Yeah, I was trying to think, was there any other drops that happened? There was that one to Zay. Yeah. And then you could maybe kind of sort of call that Engram one a drop if you're being pretty harsh about it. Uh, were there any like other drops that happened during the afternoon? Because our, our good friends at Pro Football, Seth Galina, uh, credited Travis Etienne with a drop. And that, him, um, he didn't say with a drop. They, that was it. Ingram didn't get one, which probably going back and look at the replay is probably fair. Right. So there's the Ingram one. ETN drop, Zay drop. That's three. Uh, I'm just trying to like think of like all of his incompletions because then there's three batted passes, so that's six. Yeah. Uh, but like, man, it's crazy how like he had a career set of uh, it was his career best game in terms of total expected points added. But like, you kind of like have to look at it through an advanced stat metric because when you look at just his box score, like it almost doesn't even seem like that impressive. Like it was like 315 yards, but not like a crazy good completion percentage and only one touchdown. Uh, he's been like lights out since pretty much the Denver game last year, but he has uh, six combined passing touchdowns in his last eight regular season games, which is just like the most Jag stat ever, I guess. Yeah. No, like I, I feel like he's, legitimately been a top five quarterback this season and like now you know now that he plays great on national stage now everybody is like you know you're starting to see the narrative finally kind of correct itself some but to me he's played really good football all season you know he got really unlucky in week two supremely unlucky in week three week Mm -hmm. four played a good game was lights out versus the Colts in week one and then obviously Sunday I feel like he's had a great season but He's literally on pace for 17 passing touchdowns. And it's the most Jaguars thing ever. You know, they have a dude who literally can hit every single throw and just not throwing touchdowns, which. Yeah. I I don't know. It doesn't doesn't matter. matter. That's my question to you. It doesn't matter. If they win, win, does it matter? Like, once we get to the playoffs and stuff, like, I don't know. You you don't think they can squeak out 23-point wins? Like, (laughs) Like, scoring 23 points and winning in a playoff game? I mean, that I think they could in the playoffs, but I wouldn't like bank on that for three or four games in a row. Okay, here, here, here it goes. You want them to start throwing every first and one to try to get him some stat padding. You want him to be what they call I mean, they threw, they definitely like ups their first down throw rate this game, and yes. it worked out pretty well. They definitely ups like their play action rate a little bit too, especially on those early downs. And Lawrence was pretty like lights out from play action. Um, I mean, it felt like like early on, like the first two drives, you could tell it was just going to be one of those days. Like you, you it, in the games where he's able to like to rip one of those like deep over routes to Christian Kirk near the sideline, it just feels like okay, that's like he's going to be hot that day, mm-hmm. and that's what it was yesterday. I felt like 
Yeah, he's so good, those sideline shots. Someone asked me this week on Twitter, like, why there's not a lot of over-the-middle targets in the Jags offense. And my first thought was that it was just, like, has to do with the size of Jacksonville's receivers. Yeah. Like, they don't have, like, uh, T. Higgins who can, like, run a dig over the middle of the field and then take, like, a really big hit after making, like, a contested catch. Like, they just don't really have that right now. If anything, Marvin was probably, like – yeah, for sure. That. Zay, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but now that I think of it, honestly, like I wonder if it's a Lawrence thing where he's just like, because especially thinking back to like Clemson, he was just yeah. like throwing like smash routes every other play and like uh, just like he's really good at those sideline sideline throws. I mean, his best throws this season, like I feel like all are those kind of you know throws like outbreaking routes like toward the sidelines and. <laughs> It, it seems like every time they get like quarters coverage, especially like, like you know, guys just dropping vertically. And now they have somebody in Ridley who can like make every route look the same. It's really, you know, making it look that much more crisp. And I hate to give you credit. I do. But mm. Calvin Ridley week. It, it, it was hey. a Calvin Ridley week. There you go. So I, I, said, I said last week if uh, it was going to be a. If the Jags win, Calvin's going to have to have more yards than Steph Diggs. Diggs had 121 receiving yards. Ridley had 122. So (laughs) I'm pretty good about that one. I hate that. He, uh, his like role in the offense is like pretty much, I feel like, has been the same the entire season. But now he's just like kind of like starting to come down with all the tough plays. And like, it was nice to see him get involved early in the game with like, uh, end arounds and stuff like that, and a couple yeah, attempts. For sure, that, that reminded me. Like, I feel like they did a good job of getting him going in Week One against the Colts because he had like a couple of screens, and we talked about like, oh, is he going to get those like RPO looks going forward, or was that like just to get him going? So I think the Jags did a nice job of like getting him going early a little bit this week, and then he was able to finish the job. Like right now, the play of the season might be the slot fade that happened on like third and six with four minutes left three minutes left in the fourth quarter uh but like i agree with your early earlier sentiment that lawrence has been playing great all season i feel like this is just the game where like everything else around him kind of clicked like because he threw a slot feed to ridley to start off the texans game right and really dropped it uh and then this time another perfect throw on the slot feed with like a like mismatch drawn up by the Jags coaching staff and then Ridley comes down with it this time. So they're just uh, starting to shoot themselves in the foot less and Trevor's playing, like just continuing to play great. Yeah. I mean, yesterday on third down to Ridley, it was three for three for 56 yards and a 15 yard penalty drawn that Rich Eisen is still not over evidently, but it like, it, it felt like Ridley, you know, had his, best game as a Jaguar, you know, like it caught everything that came his way, but like almost half his targets came in like high leverage situations, which is what makes it like, cause if anybody you felt like was maybe okay, pressing a little bit in those high leverage type situations over the first month, it'd probably be him, but right. came through in every one of them. And I, I felt like, like the beauty of the passing game against the bills was that it was all spread out like much better than maybe it was earlier in the year. Like him, Kirk and Ingram each had eight targets apiece. Uh, Zay had five, even though he left after like 41 snaps. Uh, yeah. ETN, ETN, I believe, had five. Like they just, you know, a couple to Luke Farrell, they just spread the ball around much better. I will say I'll take an L on my take that Brendan Strange would catch more passes than Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. He, you weren't, you weren't too far off. What, what was it? Two catches for like 19 yards? Like, uh, yeah. Hey, I one of the most useless, catch. one of the most useless picks this year. I like. I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, first round tight ends, dude. It's, it's stupid. It, then again, Sam. Sam yeah, what about second round tight ends? Yeah, 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 they didn't already have a the exact same player already on the <laughs> roster. I, I I got a take for you. You know what's crazy is I just I was just thinking about how I see like Josh Oliver like blocking highlights on my timeline like every two weeks. It's crazy. But what's, what's the take? Did, did you see uh, the Vikings? They had like eight like lost fumbles entering Sunday, and then the first play of the game was the Josh Oliver fumble. <laughs> Apparently, they had like eight lost fumbles all of last season. 
so it's like the regression came for them real hard. Now, my my take before we get back on track is Laporta's already better than TJ Hawkinson's ever been. <laughs> yeah, come on. He's Laporta. He, okay, Hawkinson's I, I, one of more overrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. He's definitely like. Just one of those, like he's like what Austin Hooper was like five years ago. Like he had a really good season, but like pretty much based on volume. And like he's like a nice player, but not like a top five tight end. Yeah, maybe Hawkinson's a top five tight end. He's definitely better than Hooper, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah, mm-hmm. the thing about Laporta though is I feel like every single highlight of him, he's got like there's no defender within ten yards around him. So it's like I don't know if he's actually that good or if he's just like a fast guy at his position and like the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is just that guy. Speaking of tight ends, mm. are you ready to get bulky bulb? Yeah. Ready as yeah. Okay. Would you rather have a week five win over the Buffalo Bills to help correct an entire season and have a good chance to get first place in the AFC South or, or a rookie guard with – Two pressures allowed and two penalties in the same game. No way. No way you're dragging Osiris back into it. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. Yeah, yeah. No. All, all, all the weeping and sewing. No, no. All the hand wringing over Osiris Torrance. Brendan Strange had a better block on the ETN touchdown than Torrance had all day. He's a Billy Napier merchant. Oh, man. I don't, I don't mean that last That's part. Cool. <laughs> that, that's cruel. That's a tough one. You got masterclassed. Uh, well, I mean, the, the only thing he did all he, okay, he did two things all game. He had a false start and he made a great block. So was, mm-hmm. that's he, true. he officially has more penalties and catches this year. Oh, <laughs> but that's a stat. The block on the ETN touchdown. Like it it's funny because it's like perfect block by a young tight end, super encouraging. You're still like, why are you spending a second round pick on that? But it <laughs> doesn't matter. You, you got bulky ball. Britain Strange with, for the second time this year, one of the blocks of the year. And I I, I, I can see, you know, in your head, you know, you want a 90-10 pass, pass run ratio. You don't think run blocks count. Yeah. So you got masterclassed. <laughs> I'm not Doug Peterson over here. Come on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, on. The running game in general, like, it felt like for the first, like, three quarters, like, they were mostly, like, banging their head against the wall again, kind of like the week before. But Yeah, like the Falcons game again. Yeah, but ETN, like, even on the few successful rushes he had, like, before he broke off a couple long runs, that to me was, like, and for reference's sake, I have not seen the All-22 to really judge his vision, which I still think if you watch – through the first month of the season, it was still kind of a work in progress. But mm-hmm. I thought just his contact balance yesterday, the way he was forcing missed tackles, regardless of who was in there on defense, like that was, I think, the best he has looked in a Jaguars uniform, like just purely running the ball. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. Like I think you can kind of see like a difference in physicality just because he's dealt with like kind of cramps and like not being able to finish a lot of games, especially down the stretch of last year. But even cramps popped up once or twice in the beginning of this year. But then, like, for him to, like, finish each of these two London games and, like, kind of, like, just keep going, like, like bat- the battering ram thing where it feels like every every play is, like, an HP dive. But then, like, the fourth quarter comes around and he's, uh like, starting to break these, like, arm tackles. And, again, finishing games, like, I thought that was a big reason the Jags drafted Tank Bigsby was, like, not just short yardage, but also just, like, for that physical element you look in and finishing games, uh, the ETN has provided that the past two weeks. And, like, I'm with you. Even if, like, he – I mean, obviously the 35-yard touchdown was a nice highlight, but even if he's not breaking, like, 20-yard plays every other drive, uh, he's he's been looking really good. His first touchdown and a two-point conversion were just plays where you're, like, if he can get the edge at all, he's going to be able to take advantage of it. And he did it against an athletic defense too. You know, it wasn't like it was like a slow defense, you know, it was like still, even with the injuries, a relatively athletic back seven. So I thought it was, you know, a really impressive outing from him. And, you know, the fact that, you know, Tank has basically become, you know, like an afterthought at this point, I think he had 15 snaps, three carries for eight yards. I mean, he had a nice seven yard run in there, but he's still, it felt like to me, you know, 
his first run, I think it was third, third and one, and he like the first drive, and he lost a yard, but he literally never had a chance. You know, no. like Quan Jones, like literally baptized. You know, Fortner, and that to me, that play kind of summed up like. Maybe it was just a miscalculation in the offseason thinking the problem with the running game, the short yard running game was the running back as opposed to maybe it was the blocking in front of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like, yeah. He, like, he, could, he couldn't do anything on most of the touches that he got, which it it's not like, I'm, I'll, it's not protecting like the pick or anything like that. Like, it's still like, to me, now that you look look at see how ETN's running and how their offensive line is running, obviously you don't make picks for just this year, you make it for the future. But right now it looks like a you know relatively like weird pick would probably be the nicest thing, you know, the nicest way way to put it. But I think that's mostly because like their miscalculation was that, you know, it's the running backs that need to be more physical as opposed to they need a better offensive line. Cause that's what I thought when watching that running game yesterday, that you know, just I mean, me and you said it. Like, there was just a mismatch on the interior. Even after Daquan Jones got hurt, Ed Oliver had one of the best games of you know his career. Right. So it, it it was just, I thought, like a really good example of, okay, maybe the Jaguars, this is where they went wrong and how they approached their short yards issues this offseason. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just like kind of baffled that like they like thought a running back could like fix the issues because it's like – you already tried drafting or like a running back to solve your short yardage issues and snoop and like that didn't work. So then you like tried it again and with so, a higher pick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's too early to really say anything about like tank individually, but like the running back selection, like the process in general, I think is yeah. curious than the player. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've said at some point in the off season, I don't know what, but I definitely said that like, Jacksonville's biggest 2024 need is going to be left guard. And I like, yeah. Or just, yeah, it, just more generally, like interior yeah. offensive line, I feel like is easily the offense's biggest issue. For sure. And I mean, Walker Little getting hurt on the 11th play of the game, you know, obviously super unfortunate. Peterson said that 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 hockey balls. Uh, a guard might be helpful right about now. Yeah, 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 yeah. What <laughs> to do what? Penalties to completely delay drives. Okay. Tyler Shatley had a a better game than your boy. Okay. I I don't care how many years he spends at Louisiana. He plays a game for Florida, and he's your boy. But moving forward, that applies to all Florida NFL players. But I mean, like Walker Little, I thought like obviously super small sample size, but in the eleven snaps, he had a garlic. He looked good, dude. He looked really, really good. And Doug Peterson said today that he was getting an MRI. They'll see, you know, obviously what it says. Who knows? Like I said earlier, I thought Cam Robinson honestly had a really clean game. He was literally yeah. credited with one pressure. I thought, yeah, the, the one pressure he allowed obviously can't happen. You know, just got completely sped by A.J. Epinesa, who isn't that kind of pass rusher really yeah. to begin with anyways. <laughs> to force a strip sack. So obviously that can't happen, but otherwise he had a really clean game. I thought like, it- I thought it was encouraging. Cause like there was like some stuff that was like, he might not even like start as yeah. soon as this past week. And like, kind of like Doug had to see a good week of practice out of him for, so for him to have like a good week of practice and kind of like earn the starting job back as soon as he came back. Uh, and then, like you said, like the one mistake is like inexcusable, but at the same time, that was really his like one big mistake. And so it was like a cleaner and more consistent game than I probably would have expected, even though he is a four or five year veteran at this point. Like he was coming back off of a like season ending injury, not just of a suspension. So yeah, I, he, I was encouraged. He hadn't played since week 11 of last year, which is, you know, pretty, pretty long layoff. Really? Yeah. Is that the yeah. Dallas game? I thought he played against Dallas. I, I may be completely wrong with that. Maybe more like week 14 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it probably is more week 14. Yeah, don't don't look at it. Don't look at it. We can I'm, just I'm, vibes. It's good. I'm already looking up. I'm the vibes. Go. Okay, here we go. The Cowboys were week 15. <laughs> week 15. Okay, okay. Yeah, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> kind of too okay, since week 15 last year. And yeah. 
I I'm not football smart enough to know this, but I would love to see who was wrong on the play where him and Anton pulled into each other. I, I feel like it was definitely Anton just based on like the look that Cam gave him. <laughs> like I don't like yeah, I don't I haven't like looked back at the play, but that, I just that was a hilarious remember specifically seeing that like excuse me, that like Cam was pissed off and that it seemed like it was like a rookie mistake. That was the most like Maxion looking play you're going <laughs> to see like at the NFL level. It was, it, yeah. it was good stuff. Hey, you, other than Cam though, I, I think not even other than Cam, I think the best lineman though on Sunday was Brandon Sheriff. Second game in a row, zero pressures allowed. You know, he's, you know, one of just a handful of guys over the last two weeks, who hasn't allowed a pressure in, you know, straight up two games combined. I, you look at obviously Daquan Jones didn't play as long, but you still have Ed Oliver who's having a career game, you know, on the other side of him. He's still lined up against Sheriff a good amount. I thought Sheriff had a really good game. Anton, it was obvious, probably one of his like lower games. I think he was credited with three pressures. He had a, the two penalties. It felt like a rookie game, but. I will say I felt like overall it was probably a step in the right direction for the offensive line. It was just like a few bad plays looked really bad. And I I will also say I, it's probably time to be a little concerned about the center position because like getting beat badly by Daquan Jones is one thing, you know, but to consistently, you know, have plays blown up is another thing, but I, I know it's a hard job. I don't get it how NFL centers, snap high like i i get mistimed snaps like super loud environment you know mm-hmm. it, it, obviously everybody's amped up i get that i think baltimore had one yesterday where the center snapped it and then lamar wasn't expecting it i get that but just straight up shooting it over the quarterback's head i'm not i'm not sure how that happens yeah honestly if anything i feel like it'd be easier to like when you mess up to just skid the ball on the ground like <laughs> to the quarterback's feet if, like if you're gonna mess up snapping it one way or another i feel like that almost be easier to do, but yeah, it's like <laughs> and they, they can't put Chatley in there. He's he's that guard now, right? Nothing's like really changed in terms of like the center position. It's just like there's always been like multiple. If it's felt like there's been like multiple blown blocks from that position uh, since he was drafted, and like we just kind of like keep waiting around for him to like put on uh, a little bit more mass and like get stronger and uh, like hopefully down the line, he'll be able to like handle NFL defensive tackles better. Um, Cause then on the other hand, like you have coaches and players being like, Oh, he's like such a smart guy. And like, he's uh he's invaluable to us in terms of like setting protections and this and that. But it's like, at what point is that like not worth it when he's like allowing multiple quarterback hits? Uh, like it's, it's definitely a concern. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely there with you. All right, we're gonna break real quick and then we'll get into defense. All right, guys. It's time for the respect Mike Caldwell movement, isn't it? Dude. <laughs> like bow. Oh my god. He won't get any love, I think, from like a lot of like big media this week because Josh Allen still went kind of crazy in the box score. By EPA and stuff, it wasn't a great performance, but I, I, I don't care, dude. Like, like, four straight, like, four punts. Like, I think, what, two first downs, I want to say, in the first four drives. Like, Buffalo, it, yeah, so Buffalo had literally punted seven times the first month of the season. And, like, Jacksonville just consistently was getting them off the field. And, it like, Buffalo did shoot themselves in the foot a few times. Like, James Cook had a drop here and there, but – the Jaguars, like, were making the little plays that counted, like, you know, Dalton Kincaid catching one of his, you know, two passes for the month of October. Trey Herndon was able to tackle him, you know, two yards short of the market, even though it was incredibly close, you know, just small plays like that. I, you know, And I felt like a lot of the Bills' plays that, you know, did end up, like, flipping, you know, some of the field positions was literally just Josh Allen being Josh Allen. You know, like, yeah. I'm uh, – like, I – I'm not even sure what you can do better. Like, I, I do think there was that one – I'm not sure if you'd call it a blown coverage or if it was just, like, it was a perfect route concept. Like, Diggs' first big catch. It was, like, a 40-something yard gain 
where mm-hmm. Darius and Tyson were on the same side of the field, and they both went with, I want to say it was like a corner route, and then Diggs just blew past them. I, I'm not sure who would be at fault for that. But otherwise, I thought it, like anything the Bills got was literally just Josh Allen being Josh Allen, and the Jaguars otherwise were able to make them fight for like legit every yard. Every single yard. I, like the coverage was insane because the – Jags' run defense was awesome. Um, for Bills on early down rushes, they had nine attempts. Zero went for a first down. Two of them were successful by EPA per play. And they lost negative .44 EPA per play. So basically every first or second run by the Bills, like take half a point off the scoreboard for them. Um, the Bills had an average – of 5.2 yards to go for a first down, which like would be the lowest distance to go for any team in the league this year. Uh, But even though the Jags weren't, so the Jags like didn't do a great job of forcing a ton of second and longs and third and longs, uh, but they just forced a ton of third downs in general. And then like, so the run defense kind of like got them into a bunch of third downs. And then I feel like the coverage in the back end is what got them off the field from those third downs because I tried to tell you on the podcast last week, like the pass rush, like rush rush. Matter. it was like the slow rush. It was like in the first half, like especially, like I felt like uh, the it problem, wasn't by design. The problem, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, you're probably right, but like it was not. I'm, what I'm more so trying to say is that like the coverage was just so good, for like sure. it bought so much time for the pass rush to like eventually get home or eventually to pressure and like rush Josh Allen. So uh yeah, they they started off one for five on third downs and I've got the drive chart up here. Um bear with me one sec. I mean the first drive was three plays eight yards punt, then three plays nine yards punt, six plays eighteen yards punt, four plays nineteen yards punt. Touchdown drive, end of half. Yeah, and then, so, like by then it was like twenty to seven or whatever. Yeah, and I think your point about like them stopping the run was the main thing. Like take away Josh Allen's runs, and the Bills had eight carries for fifteen yards, like among the three running backs. And Josh <laughs> Allen also had the longest run of the day. So like the Jaguars were able to make them completely one dimensional, and I guess the next step is for the Jaguars to be better at stopping, you know, kind of the downfield heaves, like moving forward when you play like these alien type quarterbacks. Cause I feel like Justin Herbert would have had the same kind of statistical day, you know, like he still would have been able probably to launch a couple bombs, but otherwise, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, Darius Williams's interception on, you know, it, it was, I think Allen even said after game that he underthrew it some, like the pass rush made him, you know, probably get rid of it quicker than he wanted to. But mm-hmm. him snagging that ball away from Stephon Diggs, I think is their play of the season so far. Mm. Like, is, is there any doubt that Buffalo scores a touchdown if that doesn't happen? Like, Buffalo gets into the red zone. They yeah. Score. No, it, it felt like that, like, Chiefs-Bills divisional round game from a couple years ago where, like, the fourth quarter started, and then all of a sudden there was a touchdown happening every five seconds. Uh, so it felt like that's what the Bills were about to do, and they kind of did do that. like just start scoring automatically. Uh, yeah, what, it, that was definitely a massive interception. Just it, it, I, I feel like the Jaguars keep getting in the right calls too. Like there was one third down where Josh Allen got pressured on a slot blitz by Trey Herndon and had to get rid of it, wasn't able to get it. Like it just feels like Mike Caldwell right now is pushing all the right buttons and mm-hmm. – He's doing it, in my opinion, with like one quality pass rusher. Like uh, PFF, you know, yesterday, you know, Josh Allen, Trayvon both got credited with, you know, four pressures. Obviously, encouraging for Trayvon to get four pressures in a game, considering he had eight, you know, entering it. So that's obviously encouraging. But like just looking at the quality of the pressure win, you know, Josh Allen had an 18.2% win rate, Trayvon had 9.4%. It really goes to show that, like, Mike Caldwell is like really putting together a top defense that is playing well against like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know, the two best yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's doing it for literally just Josh Allen, like rushing the passer. Yeah. I think like the fact that the, he only has one pass rusher 
and like the fact that the communication and the coverage has been so good are like the two biggest things that point to how well coached this defense is and like how much credit the defensive coaching deserves, especially because like it's the full, the same like five um, secondary players between Darius Williams, Tyson Campbell, Trey Herndon, Andre Cisco, Rayshon Jenkins. So like after for sure. After Shaq Griffin was placed on IR in like week four or whatever, early last season. So like they've had the same coverage unit for about a year. Uh, And like the fact that it's gotten just significantly better with nothing but just a year in the system and coaching and stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like hats off to Mike Caldwell. He's, he's, he, where's he coaching next year? We asked last week. Yeah. Yeah. Would the Bears really hire a first time head coach, defensive money guy for the second time in a row? All right, they would. <laughs> Bear down, baby. That that that's that's the call. Yeah, that or Washington like never hire coaches with experience or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so either him or God, it's gonna be Lincoln Riley. There, that there, that's my other one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing Lincoln in the league. Yeah, man, that'd be there fun. You, there you go. But I like. I think your point about the secondary is great because you think about the secondary yesterday. I thought Cisco had another really good game. That pass breakup he had on Dawson Knox was just like a straight up bully play. Yeah, yeah that, that should have been a, a. It was a great throw. Should have been a first down conversion on first like look. It looked like it was, and then Cisco just made a great play on the ball. I thought Jenkins had a really strong game, both in coverage and against that the run. That one tackle for loss he had yeah. was a crazy play. Loss, that was awesome. There yeah. was a lot of cool plays, but that was that was definitely one of the cooler ones. Definitely. I I think Trey Herndon is honestly playing at like a high level for his role, you know, right now, like for what they ask him to be. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Campbell got you know, toasted by Stephon Diggs on the touchdown, but it's Stephon Diggs, you know. Yeah, like, like, he's gonna do that against all but like two NFL corners, probably. Maybe his his coverage against him on the one deep route earlier in the game, I thought was one of Tyson's best like cover plays of the year. And then Darius Williams, like even in games where maybe he gets beat, like sometimes, like he's generating negative plays. And that was the big thing that you know I wrote at halftime yesterday. Like in the first half, the defense was dominant, and all they really needed to do to wrap things up was generate more negative plays. And Darius Williams has been the guy to do that the last mm-hmm. you know couple of weeks. So. How much does the defense improve to you? Like it's already good now, but how much does it improve to you if they get, if they get this? You know, obviously, and if that, like, permanent question mark because nobody really knows what's going on. If they get the Von Hamilton back, but also adding in DeJuan Smoot back and Devin Lloyd coming back this week, how much better can this defense get? Just like getting some of their, you know, banged up guys back on the field. Right. Well, I said last week that. My hot or my hot take last week was that they were going to be the number one run defense in the league after week ten. Just assuming that Ham will be back by then, and because the Niners play the Jags in week ten, and the Niners are really good, <laughs> so I was just yeah. having <laughs> but, uh, I I'm in a group chat with JP Acosta, and he said this morning, like hot take, the Jags are going to be a top ten defense by the end of the season. I looked it up right now. They're the number 10 defense by both DVOA and expected points added. So like they already are they're already a top 10 unit by the metrics. They're a top 10 unit by like the film and what we've seen against of them against Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Like I, the pass rush is still a little bit concerning just like with the depth that they have there. Uh, and like with the production that they're getting out of all their players, not named Josh Allen, but like I don't see why they won't be a top ten defense for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree with you, and I would say that's probably like the one question right now is, you know, the pass rush right now just by win rate. You know, Josh Allen is among all edge rushers with fifty. You know, pass rushes or more. He's tied for twenty eighth, which leads the team. Trayvon's at sixtieth, and Caleb Vaughn's at ninety eight, and that's out of one hundred and six. So. Like it's like literally the Josh Allen show right now, you know. So it's, I I, I got a name for you. A name, yeah. yeah right. I got a name for you. Yeah. Okay. Close your eyes. <laughs> close them. I'm not gonna do it till you close. <laughs> They're closed. They're closed. Right. You ready? I'm, they're all closed. Right. Trade deadline. 
Bulky ball, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. Healthy and active yesterday for the Jets. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that used to be on the Bengals. Yeah. Did he tear his Achilles? Is that what his injury was? I think so. Okay. I was imagining- that was like two years ago. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I thought you were gonna say God. God there. <laughs> Josh Uche was the name I was picturing that you were gonna say. No. He's another no. AFC East pass rusher on a mm-hmm. failing flopping team. Carl Lawson, healthy and active yesterday. Like I, I would imagine they would give him away. And the Jags and Joe Douglas have already done business together, you know, last year with mm. James Robinson, which not, not sure if that helps or hurts the case. <laughs> but huh. I, I, I feel like they have to add, like, another pass rusher, like, who's not a returning to Juan Smoot, because I feel like that caveat has to be added because they feel like – it feels like know. that's what they're relying on. I almost feel like they're probably going to be, like, overconfident in themselves, or they might be, and be like, I don't know, like, we did pretty good against Mahomes and Josh Allen, like, with this pass rush. So, with, like – Trayvon and Josh could just continuing to get better and then one, back, like we'll we'll be fine. One sack between the two games, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, no, nah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's what they're gonna think too. I, yeah, I, I, I think so, but I could see them talking themselves out of like making an unnecessary ad. Like Randy Gregory would have been one that's like he got picked up by the Niners. Maybe not a lot of I wouldn't have done that if I was them, honestly. I know they got killed for it, but he's been really bad this year. Like, the Niners can do it because they have – like, they already have depth and not much to lose. But Yeah. I, I'm not, like, opposed – or, like, I don't really care that they didn't do it. I just know that it was, like – that's, like, the type of move that we would see them make. No, no, uh, 100%. And I feel like as it gets closer to the deadline, you know, maybe you see that – Kind of sense sense of urgency, you know, creep up a little bit more. But I mean, they they have three six round picks for next year, a seventh round pick. Plus, they're getting some comp picks coming in, so they have room to move around. Like they, if they want to get somebody who like, I wouldn't imagine they make a blockbuster deal. Like they're not going to get Daniel Hunter or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they want to like throw like some late round picks for a guy on a bad team, like a Carl Lawson, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm uh, I'm excited. What what is the trade deadline like Halloween this year? Or it's usually I, around Halloween. I had to sneeze, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it's it's around uh Halloween. Yeah, it is Halloween. Oh, October thirty first. That's cool. Yeah, spooky. Right. <laughs> It'll be it's already, it's already October 9th. When did that happen? I'll you give you four months. <laughs> yeah. I got less than a month to go through all the like the bad teams and see if they have any expiring contracts. Yeah. So your Jags six round pick. Start with the Giants. Second worst <laughs> team in football. I told them. I Just, told them, Gus. I told them. I told them. I told them. All right. You wanna you got anything else on defense? No, not at all. <laughs> We're gonna break real quick and come back with our game balls. All right, Gus. All right. I'm going to presume to know what your offensive game ball is, but go ahead. Go ahead and just deliver it, and let's hear it. Go it's ahead. the two easiest of for both sides of the ball of the season, in my opinion. Offense mm-hmm. is Trevor Lawrence. My hot take is that this was the best game of his career. Okay. Like, I know wow. the Chargers game is definitely up there, but like – Titans, like the first Titans game last year? The first Titans game was sweet, but like – this was just like the from the first quarter through the fourth quarter, like just yeah. consistently incredible. Because like yeah. the Ra- the Ravens game, like that fourth quarter drive, like I would probably say like as an accolade, like that was his best drive ever was the fourth quarter finish against the Ravens. I'm with you. Uh, but then like the Ravens, like they kind of got off to a slow start and had to like mount like two different 10-point comebacks if memory serves. And then like against the Titans, he definitely had a really good game. But I feel like – the game was kind of over in the first half. Uh, the Chargers game was awesome, but he was also through four first half interceptions. Yeah. So like just from start to finish, uh, when you consider like all the different throws that he made, all the pressure that he was under, the opponent that he was facing, like best game of Lawrence's career. I I'll disagree. 
Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah, I think so that's it's like... not even like a super hot take, but like, and I, obviously every, anyone who watched it was like, okay, yeah, Lawrence is like that guy. That was a really good game. But I think that was the best one that I've seen. That play where he hit ETN on the free play after escaping the rush, that one of the best plays of his career, you think? I don't care that it only got like nine yards. Like just like from start yeah. to start. What a crazy athletic play. Yeah, that was crazy. I'll, I'll, I always like the ones that's like, like the slot fades or Ridley just because it was like, him making a check at the line and doing like all the quarterback stuff right before, like just dropping a perfect throw in like a clutch situation. But then like the, like mixed in with that, like that pass to ETN, like scrambling around and just like showing that he's such a gamer or whatever. Uh, Tough dude. That was a fun game. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree. I like sitting here. It's hard for me to think of, other games that stack up to that one because I'm with you. They, the Ravens game wasn't really a complete game and, you know, really put together at the end. Same with, you know, the Cowboys game, you know, at times. I think this game, I probably agree with you, best game of his career because, you, like I said, you just tell in the first two drives, like he was just hitting everything. And the thing everything. is, like, again, like nothing has really changed, like, through the – or like the first month versus like last week, he looked like pretty similar. It's just that like a lot more catches were being made and a lot more more plays, and like things were just kind of clipping around him. But he's been clicking like this the whole season. Yeah, which is like a scary trajectory for him. And again, it's the most jaguarous thing ever. Best game of a generational quarterback prospect's career. One touchdown. <laughs> 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 it is crazy. It's so like, I don't, I don't have any doubt that like he might have like multiple games like this season that I'll like then say like oh that was the best game because like if he has like a three or four touchdown game then it should be easier to say that than after this week <laughs> no I'm not because I'm not I don't even disagree with you it, it, yeah. it's just all right defense you said it was an easy one I'm not sure I agree but go ahead go ahead let me hear it well I'm cheating I'm giving it to Mike Caldwell oh god I, I don't know if I'm cheating but like god. Yeah, no, you can give it to Mike Caldwell. You can give it to he, Mike Caldwell. He just deserves it. Like, uh, you, we, you, like we were talking you about it. Like, my head. I'll be honest. When you said it was an easy one, I didn't even think Mike Caldwell. And I'm like, God, what, 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 what the hell are you talking about? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, like, the way you're talking about, like, how Trey Herndon had a nice game earlier. And then, like, the return of Devin Lloyd. Like, Lloyd hasn't been, like, missed that much. Uh, partly because, like, Numa has been pretty solid in his place. And, like, it's not like there's been, like, a like glaring weakness in the middle of the defense because they had like a starter go missing. And then like the improvement of the secondary, uh, like, cause like we expect like players like Tyson and Josh Allen to do really well. But then when other guys like Chad Muma and Trey Herndon and Darius Williams are stepping up across the board, like I just feel like Mike club, Mike Caldwell deserves like all the credit and more for, yeah. Jaguars is win this week, but then just their def- defensive performance in general this season has been like the For fighting sure. Caldwells have been great. For sure. I'm going to go with, I know he gave up a touchdown, but Tyson Campbell, like several really nice plays in coverage, several times when he was isolated in space against a ball carrier on third down and made the tackle short of sticks. And then several times where he was making an impact in the running game and getting tackles for loss despite being a cornerback, yeah. which is like, like, like obviously an effect of the entire defense, like plug, plugging gaps and forcing them to bounce outside. But I thought it was a really complete game by Tyson and the one negative play. Of, oh, wow. You got beat by a consensus top receiver of his generation. <laughs> like, come on. That's not really that big of a negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tight. he's so good at the like, just one defense in general. But even out in open space, like he had a really he's good play on like a like Buffalo's first or second third down of the game when yeah. Josh Allen had to throw hot and just like get it out to I think it was Latavius Murray. But like I, I feel like I haven't seen him miss a tackle in open space like since his rookie year. Yeah, no, he's been super super impressive in in that regard. I I feel like the last two weeks have been a really good. Two weeks for Tyson, honestly. Like I, I, I feel like he was really good for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I, you know, maybe a little bit of a lull weeks two and three, but I think he's definitely picked it up the last two weeks. Special teams. Uh, Brandon McManus made a field goal. I mean, come on, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Come on. Who? Who else? Who else? 
<laughs> I just I didn't have a special teams game ball written down. Yeah, no, yeah, you don't have Jacob Harris to use as a crutch this time, dude. Freaking, he had nice coverage on a play. God, yeah. Who 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 had your favorite punt gun this game? Who, who's gonna get that one, huh? Did Michael uh, Hasty. What happened on special teams in this? Movie? Yeah, what did happen on special teams, Gus? You tell me. Uh, Jamal Agnew came back, so Jamal Agnew did. There you go. Okay. Yep. That. You're the one who said Brian McManus kicked a field goal. I guess it's not like you had <laughs> Logan <laughs> Cook had a six-yard punt. Oh, that's true. Logan yeah. Cook's definitely those special teams are of the season. Now, Agnew was a good pick. Two two punt returns for five yards. No, that's that's a good pick. <laughs> that's a good pick. Big impact. Uh, I told you to work on your takesmanship and it. Yeah. I was just going to say, did you have an offensive player or were you agreeing with me on Trevor? I was agreeing with you. Who's Trevor? Yeah. I thought I honestly thought you were going to stick to the bit and say Calvin Ridley, which is what I would have done. I did think about it. <laughs> I, I did want to say, though, like I think the fact that for both Ridley and ETN, like they had massive fourth quarters. Like you talked about how Ridley had like a bunch of like critical situation plays in the second half. Like so many of his second half catches came on. Uh, huge third downs, yeah. and then like ETN obviously having two fourth down touchdown runs of over ten yards, or was uh, it? Uh, it was a thirty-five yarder and a, and like a, a six yarder or a six yarder. Six yarder. It was a six yarder. Yeah. Okay. Well, he still had two fourth quarter touchdowns. So won the game. I just thought that was like probably the most encouraging part of the offense was that like like Lawrence was sick, obviously, and the offensive line did enough. The play calling definitely seemed improved, seemed improved, but just the fact that the Jags were able to kind of like lean on their two stars in Ridley and ETN to close out the game was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I thought, you know, you look and ask, okay, what changed the offense this week? Lawrence had his best game of the year. ETN had his best game. Ridley had his best game. I know it was Cam Robinson's first game, but you can probably assume it probably would have been his best game of the year. Like, Braden Sheriff had his best game of the year. Like, just several of the guys who they needed to step up did it. So, I, I'm definitely with you. You uh, you have any hot takes to send us out of here? No. Uh, That's okay. No. no. no I said no. it was the best game of Lawrence's career. That was a take. No. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, honestly. <laughs> I'll, I'll – for for now, that qualifies as a hottish take, which by your standards is a pretty pretty burning. <laughs> the only person that I, I saw online that like said like best game of Lawrence's career was uh, JP Acosta. So it's not like everyone's out there saying it. Look at you two. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back on Friday to preview the Colts Minshew Mania making its way back to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. You remember that article, John? The first summer that I worked, we worked together. That's like that's pretty much like why I like am doing what I'm doing today. It's because I, mean, I was like, too many. I people, had to, I, I had to think for a second, and I do definitely remember it now. I, I said too many people believe I need to shut this down. I need people <laughs> to see the truth. People people hated on you, bro. People saw the truth on Sunday. The truth wears number sixteen, not number fifteen. Says the Gator fan. But nonetheless, we will be back on Friday. Thank you guys for joining us.